Cheese. Recorded live. He sounds so cool. Doesn't he talk cheese? <laughs> so, yeah, so I, like I started saying, I, I really wanted to put this out for you know, any coaches that wanted to do it. And especially now, I know with, like, you know, the hygiene's call to, like, uh, becoming less frequent as they're getting busier and busier. And so I decided that, well, if you're leading a good number of people all over the country, Mark, you might as well uh, pick up the ball here and start doing some of this stuff. So, like I said, <clears throat> when I started getting involved looking at the, the Maxwell stuff and becoming, you know, doing that, I said a lot of this stuff would be awesome to pass on to, to you know, leaders in our business and, and people that actually are serious about building the business. Uh, you're going to have people that, you know, all they want to do, they want to buy the Shakeology at a discount. That's cool, you know, for now. And some people, that's all they're ever going to do. And then there's other people that, um, you know, once they start seeing the benefits and people start saying, wow, what are you doing? That you're Man, you're looking, like, amazing. I can't believe all the weight you lost. And then basically that's what happened to me. I signed up as a coach so I could get the discounts. And then 60 pounds later, everybody's wondering what I'm doing and how they can do it too. And it's like, so that's what got me on the path to coaching and and doing that type of stuff. So, uh, John Maxwell, laws of uh, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. It's a mouthful. Um, you know, if you want to build a big business group, you have to have influence over the people you're dealing with and the only way that we can really uh do that is first improving yourself and yourself becoming better uh and that's why it's no uh you know it's no mistake that part of the three things that we do as coaches between inviting and being a product of the product and the other one is you know self-development and uh, that that's going to be a big part of it. So the bigger you can grow as a person, you know, the bigger you'll have influencing people and having credibility and be able to build a big business. I know we talked a little bit today about, um, you know, people just, oh, I talked to this one and that one and they're not really interested in stuff. It's like it's it's because they're waiting to see what you're going to do and they're looking at you from a, the standpoint of having that credibility. So um, when you develop more, and I'm always trying to develop more, hey, you know, being a one-star diamond is great, but for me to be a two-star diamond or a three-star diamond or above, I have to get better. I have to be better at coaching people, training people, uh, leading people. So one of the things that I wanted to do when we have these calls every week is not necessarily for me to just be talking at you the whole time, but actually treat it like a mastermind group where, you know, we've read everything and gone through the book, and I want to discuss a couple of chapters every week. So we're probably looking at, there's 21 laws, so we're looking at doing, uh, you know, 10 weeks, and on the last week we'll kind of, you know, go through the last couple and wrap everything up and, and talk about doing, you know, a different book and, and getting into some different things on leadership. And I think that's really going to help all of us uh, build our businesses bigger. So uh, 
I'm going to talk a little bit about some of this stuff, and, I, you know, I'd love to get your guys' input, and let's get some ideas that's okay. There's some great things on leadership from John, and how can we utilize this stuff to help us, you know, build our businesses better. Uh, so the first law, Law of the Lid, and that one really struck me when I read it, and, and the reason being is that it really struck me in as if we're not personally growing our leadership ability, then our effectiveness when we're working with people, dealing with people, or becoming successful is going to have limitations as well. And the only way those limitations are going to be lifted is by us developing leadership skills, getting more knowledge, doing those things. And I love the example that he used about the McDonald brothers and Ray Kroc in that, you know, McDonald's, originally the McDonald brothers came up with a great concept of having drive-in restaurants and said, let's open up more of these and let's see what we can do. But because they didn't have, they were good at what they did, but because they didn't have great leadership skills, they weren't able to translate that into building the business that it is today, which, as we all know, Ray Kroc, who is actually somebody who was selling their milkshake machines, uh, had that vision and was able to work with people and see trends developing and, uh, you know, take advantage of it. So now there's McDonald's, and I forget what it said, how many countries there are and uh, and so forth. And that's because they had great leadership skills. He had great leadership skills, and the McDonald brothers didn't really have that going for them. So he was able to take the idea and run with it and make it the success that it is. Because on a scale of 1 to 10, like John talks about, you know, maybe the McDonald brothers were at a 6 or a 7, but Ray Kroc was, was pretty close to 10 as far as uh, being able to lead other people and actually, you know, create a vision and, and share that vision where people were actually going to uh, follow him and, and be successful as well. So uh, what did, uh, you know, struck either one of you or both of you, uh, you know, well, when you were reading this? Um, well, I just want to say, you know, I really appreciate you doing this because mm-hmm. for my, myself that I'm like in the infancy stage or embryo stage of leadership, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like um, I've even spoken the words before, I'm not a leader. And, you know, I have all the, the education, um, but not having those skills, that's held me back. And this would right. be really helpful for me, just like um, the first part of what we just said. The, the lower the lid, mm-hmm. the lower the potential. Yeah. I've yeah. lived that. <laughs> You're going to find that not only is this going to help you, you know, with the business, but I guarantee you when you go back and teach in the fall, you're going to notice a big difference on on how you interact not only with your kids but with other teachers or the principal or whoever it is, and they're going to go, wow, what have you been doing all summer? Because it, it really does. It really shows when you're getting around, you know, people who are going somewhere and who are developing as leaders. It's... Um, not something that happens overnight. This is a journey that you're going to be, if you choose to, on for the rest of your life because you never stop growing. There's always new things. 
and there's always better ways, you know, that you can do things and to develop yourself and to develop your talents and your skills. And that's one of the things that I'm excited about doing this is that I've done a lot of things. I've, I feel like I've accomplished a lot of things and, you know, been a manager and, and done some successful things in sales and, and even to the point of growing, you know, this business to where I have. And then I sit back and reflect on them going, Mark, that's the tip of the iceberg. The sky's the limit if you keep developing yourself. And, um, you know, that's what's exciting about this. So, Dave, what, uh, any thoughts? Um, you know, a lot of this stuff, I, like I had known a lot about Ray Kroc before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I never saw it put in like a numeric thing like that before. You know what I'm saying? It's like staggering that. when you see the numbers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my, I guess that was my, the biggest impression I had was actually the, the quantification of, you know, like they, they put a number on it. And I had never seen it done like that before. Yeah. I mean, they started, um, actually I'm looking at the book now, there's like more than 31,000 restaurants now in 119 countries. I don't yeah. think the McDonald brothers ever saw their way out of California, to be honest with you. And right. that's okay. I mean, they were successful in their own right. When they sold McDonald's rights to crack, I mean, they, they got almost $3 million, which back in the 50s was um, well, a lot of money now. Trust me, if somebody wrote me a check for $3 million, I'd be very happy. But back in the 50s, yeah. I mean, that's probably equivalent to today's money, probably closer to like 10 or 12. Yeah. I don't think they were worried about where their next meal was coming from. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, you know, I like what it says in here about that. He says, I believe success is within the reach of just about everyone. But I also believe that personal success without leadership ability brings only limited effectiveness. And that's true. I mean, have you ever been in situations where um, – Maybe you're working for somebody or maybe you're at an, uh, some type of event or whatever it happens to be, and somebody's in charge, but there always seems to be somebody who steps out of the woodwork that everybody else follows, and it's not necessarily the person in charge. It's somebody that's able to exert influence and, and have confidence and, and show that, you know, because they have the leadership ability. Um, and not everybody's, you know, people go, oh, you know, the, you know, or you, is there such thing as a born leader? Well, yeah, everybody's born. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be dead. But and what they mean is somebody who just is born and has that innate ability to lead people, very few. Most people that have developed those skills, it's because they've intentionally worked on it and intentionally developed it. So... Um, right. Yeah. I. It, the other thing that kind of struck me looking at this chapter was the actual graphs that they used in there: success right. without leadership skills and with leadership skills. Um, you know how your the effectiveness just multiplies it so many times, even without more knowledge. But just the fact that using the knowledge you have and being a leader um, kind of propels you to just you know, accomplishing that much more. Yeah, just having right. the knowledge is not enough. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I know a lot of people with a lot of knowledge 
But there, you know, and don't get me wrong, we need teachers, but they're at a university somewhere teaching the stuff, but they've never, you know, they have the book knowledge, but to go out and actually do it themselves, like run a business or whatever it happens to be, um, right. you know, they just don't have the, the ability to do that. Right. So, and he talks about, um, you know, the person's leadership ability leading the whole organization. He says if a person's leadership is strong, the organization's lit is high, but if it's not, the organization is limited. I'll give you a, a perfect example, uh, and you both know, after seven years at the Red Cross, you know, all of a sudden this guy comes in and all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, we have a budget cut. So all the stuff he's cutting was all the stuff that really makes the place go. Totally cutting things in the wrong areas. And it's like to make successful blood drives, these are the things we need and those are the things he was getting rid of. So long story short, I found out about a week and a half ago that he just got let go because he wasn't a good leader and wasn't doing the right things to make that organization grow. So, which is really sad because he literally took down the whole Northern New England organization with him. So, hopefully, they'll be able to build it back up to what it was. So, uh, anything else, thoughts? I was thinking too about. Um, you know, he, he mentions Apple Computer, too, talking about getting started in the late 70s and how Steve Wozniak wasn't, you know, he was the brains behind Apple, but his his leadership ability wasn't that high. And But Steve Jobs had it, and he was actually able to turn it into a multi-billion dollar business. So, you know, it's amazing when you have the right people at the top, uh, what can happen if you're leading a group and, uh, having influence over people and, you know, translating it into, you know, the beach body business, right? Any type of like a networking business, when people see that, you know, you have that ability and eventually, you know, people, I almost look at it as if you're a good leader, it's almost like a magnetic type thing. People want to follow you. Right. People see you're going somewhere. You know, nobody wants to follow a leader that's, you know, <laughs> off the side of the tracks and not really doing anything. Um, one of the things that John talks about is if you think you're a leader and nobody's following you, you're just out for a walk because there's nobody following. So, yeah. um, so uh, Stacy, I know you're 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 just really getting started with this thing, but you might have some thoughts on this too, and Dave. As far as as you were reading any of this, um, how it might apply to, you know, building your network and, and actually getting out there and having influence over over people more. And, you know, I know um, there's people when I first started that, no, nah, no, I'm not interested. And then, you know, six months later you get a phone call, go, are you still doing that beach body thing? It's like, yeah, can't you say a lot of 60 pounds? I'm doing great. Then they see that you're not just talking the talk, you're actually walking the walk, which is leadership, and then they want to get involved because they see you're actually going somewhere. Um, and that's a lot of it, too. There's a lot of wait-and-seers out there. They want to wait and see, well, are they going to do something? Are they going to do something? I tell people, don't wait and see because, you know what, you could be doing as much as me, if not more, you know, 
somebody else's success doesn't rely on my success. I hope I sponsor 10 people that I'll do better than me. Right. Yeah. Or more, or more than 10, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you don't have to wait for me to be successful. You can pass me anytime you want. That's what's great about this business is that, um, you know, there's people that have gone before us that have decided, nope, not to do it, and they quit or whatever, or they're still in, but they don't really do anything with it. And, you know, anything we've done, uh, to me, if you've sponsored one person in this business, you're at the beginning point of becoming a leader. It's just a matter of doing the reading, doing the skills, um, you know, all the Maxwell stuff is awesome. I also love, if you've ever heard any of his stuff or read any of his stuff, Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. I feel that I'm, I'm sorry that he passed away 10 years ago because I would have loved to hear him in person speak. Um, just very good, you know, he's got a manner about him that's very laid back, but gets the point across. So if you ever have a chance to read any of his stuff or listen to any of his stuff um, on audio cassette, um, get that. You know, Slight Edge is awesome. I love that book. Um, You know, the other thing is, too, and I don't know how many people are really aware of this, and if they are, they don't take advantage of it. Right in our back office under that success tab, there's all kinds of great articles and stuff in there. You know, Darren Hardy and all these people, they all contribute to that. And there's a lot of great information on whether it's sales or leadership or any of that type of stuff. It's all in there. So, um, you know, be a sponge because you can't read all this stuff and listen to all this stuff and have it stay inside you. It's like people will notice. They'll notice it in your speech. They'll notice it when you're talking to them. Uh you know, your excitement, your enthusiasm, uh, you know, um, and that's when they want to say, you know, they've got something. They're doing something. That It sounds like great. So let's uh, let's hop on board. That's when your business is going to take off. The more you develop, the more people will be drawn to you. So I just finished the slide edge, and it's been really helpful for me just to change my whole mindset of how mm-hmm. – I see that everything that, you know, where I am now is, you know, all these little decisions that I make all the time. Uh-huh. And yep. it's been really helpful. And um, then I'm also reading GoPro right now. Yeah, that, that's good stuff, too. I love yeah. that book. Um, yeah, with Slight Edge, it's like it's the little decisions you make each day. You know, if you if – you, Try to contact at least two people every day or call a couple people every day consistently over a period of time. The percentages work out for you. In fact, that's one of the things Jim Rohn talks about when he's talking about network marketing businesses because he was involved in one years ago. You know, at first you might talk to 10 people, sponsor one. Talk to another 10, sponsor another one. But as your confidence grows and as your leadership grows and so forth, you know, now you're going to be like, okay, talk to 10, get two, talk to 10, get three. If you talk to 10, get four, you're having a really good week. But, um, you know, think about it. Think about a major league baseball player. They get three out of 10, 
they make a million dollars a year because they're hitting 300. You know, think about that. They fail seven out of ten times, but those three times that they're successful uh, makes them a success. Makes them, you know, as far as you know, sports and things go, and they're making a bunch of money. So, um, you know, as long as you keep swinging, you can't worry about the strikeouts. Just got to worry about the hits, and they're gonna come. I mean, if you're um, if yeah. you just out there swinging, they're gonna be there. I, I sometimes the worst presentations I've made are the ones that people go, yeah, let's do that. And other times I'm like spot on and people, nah, I don't know. I don't think my wife will let me do that. I'm like, well, push your big boy pants on and let's go. But, um, you know, uh, timing is everything. If people are ready, they're ready. They're ready to rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Um, I've had other people that have been like, wow. You know, I'll post something on Facebook about whatever, and they're like, I'll get an IM, and they'll go, man, I really needed to hear that today. So, you know, timing timing is everything. So any other thoughts on that chapter before we uh, move on here? Mm, um, Not me. No. No? You good? I think I'm good. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever, I mean, basically, whatever you accomplish or want to accomplish in your life, just to, you know, sum up what I get out of it is either going to be restricted or, or propelled forward, you know, by ability to lead others. And, um, and one of the things in the book, I think there's a graph that talks about, you know, how you how you view yourself as far as, um, you know, people skills, character, charisma, commitment, and communication, and those types of things. And on, you know, scale of 1 to 10, and there's things that, you know, we're going to be good at. Everybody's not good at 100% of everything. But if you can be really good at, you know, say out of 21 laws, if you're good at 10 of them and decent at the rest of them, you'll probably be okay as long as you continue to keep moving and growing. So the other next chapter, chapter two, was on the law of influence. And, I mean, it hits the nail on the head right at the beginning of the chapter when he says the true measure of leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. If you're good at influencing people, you know, you're going to lead. Think about people that have had influence on you in the past. I can think of somebody right now um, that's been a big influence on Victoria and I, and that's the pastor that we see every week at our local church here. He's just awesome with the message and, um, you know, has transformed and deepened our faith. You know, and that's just one instance of, you know, somebody leading uh, you know, he took over this this church like four or five years ago, and they've grown from one campus to a campus they had to expand, and now they've got three campuses. They just opened a new campus that seats like 900 people. Wow. Yeah. And that's, and that's leadership. And that's all because he has a vision. He's able to communicate that vision, keep it simple, and just really influence the people around him. He's got... He's assembled a great team of people around him so that, you know, obviously he can't be everywhere. So 
you know, he's had enough influence on enough other people and pastors and, you know, people helping the ministry and elders and people that they've been able to put that all together to where now, um, I think over the Easter week, they had a number of services at the three campuses where I think they reached almost 6,800 people. Wow. Which for, you know, a city this size is like amazing when you consider all the other churches and all the other things around. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a great example of leadership and, and being able to influence other people. Um, you know, because if you don't have influence, you'll, you'll never lead anybody. Uh, you know, the other thing, and I totally agree with this, and you can chime in, and I've always said this, leadership isn't a title or a position or whatever it happens to be. You know, I've worked for a lot of people that had the title and they were bosses and stuff like that, and they, sometimes I sit there, shake my head and go, I don't know how they get to be the boss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, per- perfect example, and I don't know if I might have mentioned this to Dave or forget in the past. When I was a store manager at Riley, I had a district manager that he was like, no nonsense, blah, blah, everything by the book. And he was visiting the store one day when a lady came in, and it was toward the end of the week, and we had something on sale, and we were out of them, and she didn't want a rain check. She went, I said, tell you what, come with me. We went, and they had another model, similar thing, but it cost like three, four dollars more, five dollars more. And I said, you know, will you take this as a substitution? It's actually a little bit more expensive. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's why we love coming here, because you take care of us. And he was, like, right there. And when she left and when she rang out, he looked at me. He goes, why would you substitute that? That's a more expensive item. We could have, I said, Bill. His name was Bill. Do you know how much it costs to get a new customer through the door? Thousands of dollars. I know. I was in the advertising business for 17 years. So for $5, we're going to keep a good one happy? Well, I guess you're right. (laughs) And, you know, he was my boss, but in that situation, who was the leader? Right. Right. And and I I use that as an example, not necessarily to brag on me, but to say just because somebody has a position, just because somebody has a title, um, or look at sports teams. You know, you look at some of these teams and it's like, how they get to be the manager? They like messing this up bad. A lot of teams, um, and he talks about it in here too, I think, Maxwell, one of the chapters I read, it might even be one of these. You know, on most sports teams, especially professional sports teams, the talent is almost identical on every team. Um, it's leadership as to if they're going to have a good team or not. Why is it that you see, uh, I don't know if you ever watched, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament or whatever, there's teams that are in the top eight every year or almost every year they make it to the top. And that's coaching and that's leadership. Um, When, um, you know, UCLA had all those good teams back in the 60s and early 70s, John Wooden was, you know, a master at, you know, motivating motivating teams, leading teams, and, um, you know, just 
this is the way we do it. This is the system. And if you want to be a winner, this is how to be a winner. And that's what um, I remember a story about, uh, I don't know if you know who Bill Walton was, but he played at UCLA and went on to have an NBA career. In fact, he was with the Celtics in 1986 when they won that championship. Walton was playing and he had, he came in, he had a beard and, and Wooden was like, no, we don't, we don't have beards here. And he's like, well, I've always had a beer, a beard. And he said, well, have a good life. I guess you'll be playing on another team. Well, guess what? What? Walton shaved his beard off. And that was that. It's like, we have a yeah. system. This is our, how we win. And, you know, it's a team. It's a team sport. We're not going to have a bunch of individuals just doing their thing. And, of course, he won, like, I don't know, 11 championships in 12 years or some ridiculous, crazy number like that. So, um, and that's coaching. That's leadership, you know. And that's what we're trying to do here. I don't care if you guys have a beard. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the same thing, you know, man, you know, somebody's a manager, uh, you know, leading and managing aren't one and the same. Uh, and even people that own businesses, just because they're the owner of the business doesn't mean they're good at, you know, seeing mm-hmm. opportunities before them or, or, or handling, uh, employees the right way so they're going to get the maximum out of it uh knowledge we talked about that earlier uh just because somebody's book smart doesn't mean they know what to do when it comes to influencing others and growing a team and so forth um so so yeah it goes on to talk about and i thought this was kind of Interesting, talking about some of the factors of leadership and, you know, what makes somebody a good leader. And it talks about character, uh, who they are, relationships, who they know. And the relationship one um, really struck me because think about the people that, you know, you've you've known that do things with you, like to be around you, uh, or even in this business. I mean, I have to say the people that have, uh, you know, stuck with it and done well, it's because those are the people that have built the best relationships with. Uh, and that's why sometimes I talk to people, especially when they're new about starting a business, saying, you know, the first couple of times you talk to people, especially if you haven't seen them for a while or you're reconnecting, you know, get to know them a little bit more in depth. Get to build that relationship more. And when that grows, that's the time to say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm doing doing this. Or, you know, when you talk to people, you know, when you're asking them questions, they'll ask you questions. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing this, doing that. Yeah, doing, I'm beach body coach. Really, what's that about? And if you've built a good, solid relationship with people, whether it's the business or people you're working with or whatever, you're just going to have a much easier time, uh, first of all, relating to them and finding out, you know, what their life's... I mean, how can you recommend something to somebody if you don't know what they're about? You know, when I do yeah. when I do personal fitness coaching, 
uh, and I'll give you an example. I had somebody that I did a couple of training sessions with last week, and I asked him a mess of questions and just said, you know, what are you looking to achieve? What are you looking to do? What do you like to do for workouts? And literally custom, we worked out two days and literally custom designed two separate workouts, one that was a strength workout, one that was a cardio workout. You know, instead of cookie cutter going, oh, we're going to do P90X this today, I literally borrowed from three or four different workouts to put together something that was tailored specifically to what they were looking to achieve. And that's going to be the same thing when you're talking to people about the business. It's like, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to do? you got little kids, you know, uh, are you set to send them to college? You know, what's that looking like? Or you want to buy a house, or whatever it happens to be, you know, whatever their dreams and goals are, you know, if we help them achieve those, then that's when you're going to be successful because they're going to see the opportunity for what it is and they're going to want to do it. Instead of, you know, I don't, I don't push anybody into this. It's like, hey, here's an opportunity. I really love the business. I enjoy it. And, you know, if you're wanting to, I will help you do anything I need to do to help you to be successful. But if somebody says no, I'm like, okay, there's 300 million people in this country. I think out of that I can probably find a handful of people who actually want to do something. When it really came home and struck me was the first time I ever went to uh, – a weekend like we're going to be doing in Nashville, uh, which the first time we did that, we had gone out to Los Angeles. When you're seeing thousands of people all moving in the same direction, all excited about doing this thing, it's like, yeah, I can find me a handful. Mm -hmm. You kind of get to see the big picture for what it is. And there's no shortage of people who need this. Even if all they end up being is a customer and you're helping them get, get fit, and get in shape and lead a healthier life, you know, that's great. Because that's rewarding in itself. And eventually a lot of those people, once they get the results, come around and, and become coaches. I have people, you know, several people that are coaches because they were customers first. Great. So that's a long roundabout way of saying, you know, this whole idea of, you know, the law of influence in that the, the more you get to know people, the more you find out about them and show genuine care about their situations and, you know, their dreams and goals and things, that's when it's really going to, that's when you're really going to have more influence over them and they're going to want to be a part of, of what you're doing. You know, I like what, Zig Ziglar, who's another motivational speaker that is either 89 or he passed away, I can't remember. But anyway, he, I've heard him in person several times, and he always says this, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll have anything you want. And that's true. It's all about, it's kind of all about the golden rule. Treating people how they want to be treated and helping up people. It comes back. It all comes back. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I've done enough talking for now. You guys can input. Well, um, it's it's all about, you know, building relationships, too. And 
so, you know, I'm I'm a new coach and, you know, most of the people I've talked to right now, it's no, no, I, that's it. It's not for me or it's not the right time or you're mm-hmm. crazy to be doing this, <laughs> you know. Um, it happens. Hey, I still go through weeks like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not just me. Okay. It's not just because I'm new. Okay. No, well, no, because you're going to talk to people, and like I said, timing's everything. Some people, and, and you know what? I love people who go, oh, I don't know if I got time to work out. I don't have time to, you know, and I can't get your books on Facebook like eight hours right. a day. I'm like, well, that's why. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, don't know you know, I, I go on there and, every, and you know, for a lot of business reasons, but also every now and then it's like, yeah, I'll take 20 minutes in the morning and kind of as I'm waking up having my coffee, go on there and play words with friends or whatever. But you can't make it your whole life. Right. <laughs> it's a little diversion. <laughs> but some people it's like, I swear, like I usually I'll go on for a little bit in the morning and post, and then a little bit later on in the day and post, and then at night I'll go on, you know, I'll, I'll get online, check my email, do some stuff on there. And I swear, every time I go on, those same people are on, which means they've got to be spending six, eight hours a day just fitting away their time on, on a computer doing nothing. So That's not me. <laughs> you know, my whole thing is people will do what they really want to do. People that say, I don't have you know, money for Shakeology. Well, guess what? It's, just, it's, it's, it's a meal replacement. You're not spending it on top of what you're already eating. So, I mean, they'll, they'll think nothing going out, having a Big Mac or whatever and a shake and thing and spend $8, $10 when right. for three three fifty they can have something healthy. The reason well, why somebody... people... Go ahead. I was going to say, when somebody says, you know, I need to lose weight and, you know, uh-huh. I really, you know, whatever, and but I don't have the time. And then I'm just, and I go back and I say, well, what were your goals? And But, okay, uh-huh. I don't have time. And then yep. I don't know what yeah, to it, say to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the why is big enough, the facts don't count. They'll find a way to do it. Right. It's like I think I used an example last week about um, – People are broke, they're eating mac and cheese, but their favorite band's coming to town, and somehow they find $150 for two tickets. Right. It's priorities. It's Mm -hmm. what they really want to do. And, you know, one of the things I say to people is, look, you're going to pay. You're either going to pay down the road with bad health, and you're going to be spending it at the hospital or spending it with a doctor, or you can spend the money now and feel healthy and not have to deal with that nonsense down the road. What would you rather do? You know, take a half an hour yeah. each day to do, uh, you know, a workout or, you know, be in a hospital bed with cancer or kidney failure, whatever. I guess I'm talking to the wrong people or it's been the wrong time for, for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, it's I all think percentages. The percentages will catch up with you. Yeah. Well, you already sponsored somebody, so, I mean. Well, that's true. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, my God, you know. It, it comes. It'll come. So, 
You know, and the other thing is, too, sometimes if you have somebody that's on the fence, we can always get on and do a three-way call like we did the other night or whatever it happens to be. It doesn't have to be somebody already sponsored. It can be somebody who's, like, thinking about it and just um, needs a little bit to, you know, put them over the edge. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. I I, I just, I I try to think, I try to um, think that, well, I do think this. I think everybody's kind of, they're sponsorable as a coach at some time. At some point, they're going to be receptive. You know, Mm -hmm. I may be there or not, but if I plant all the right seeds, then chances are better that they'll come back when their time is right. You know. Right. Right. And I've I've actually had people that I've talked to and then um oh no, it's not for me, blah blah and then you see them a year later they're out of Super Saturday. I'm like, What are you doing here? Oh yeah, I signed up with so and so. All right, well whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Well, we talked about this. Yeah, but the, the, it wasn't really, it wasn't the right time. Okay, well, I'm glad, and I just say, hey, I'm glad you joined, and I'm glad you're getting in shape, and I'm glad you're getting healthy. That's all you can do. Right. But I'm sure, I'm sure out of all that, there's people that have probably been talked to in the past. Um, you know, in fact, one one of my more successful coaches that's local here had somebody that was after him for the longest time, and. And it never happened, and and then you know I talked to him, and he joined. So it's like, you know, it all comes like I said earlier. It all comes around. Yeah, I believe that if they're supposed yep. to be, then it'll happen. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I pray on it too. It's like you know, please lead me to the people who need my help, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, that's all you can do, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you know, and then toward the end of this chapter, he talks about, you know, how Lincoln was a, a commander in the 30s and didn't do that well with it because he was, didn't have the leadership skills at the time. But fortunately, he developed those skills over the years and became an amazing president. So, you know, what that's okay. telling me is if he can do that and become president, I can do that, and you can do that, and, you know, lead, lead a team of coaches. Yes. Yeah, he act, there's actually a great book uh, called Team of Rivals about Lincoln and how he surrounded himself with a bunch of people who didn't agree with him. And he, right. and he got them all on the same sheet of music. It's pretty amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't so much concerned about – you know, oh, we got to have all Republicans in here. He was just more concerned about having the right people in place, people that knew what they were doing and, and the best people to get the job done. I wish there was more people that thought that way now, to <laughs> be honest oh, with yeah. you. I think we'd be in a lot better shape. Oh, yeah. But um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, for next week, I think we want to delve into the next couple of chapters and um, – I'll have to remind the other people who said they were going to be on here that hey, we had a great you know, first meeting. And, um, you know, as you're, and I'll put this out, as you're reading this week for next week, write down some thoughts as they, you know, I know every time I read, and actually I've reread this book a couple of times, 
something new jumps out at me, like, wow, that's really profound. Or like, wow, that really is relevant to what we're doing. So, you know, write that stuff down and, and um, you know, comment on it. Like I said, I'm, I'm more interested in give and take on this stuff than just for me, you know, talking at you guys for an hour. I think, yeah. you know, when we share, when you pull ideas and share ideas, that's when stuff really starts to happen. And I think that, you know, improves everybody. Because God knows I don't have all the answers. That's why, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Because it's like, you know, I've, I've done a lot, seen a lot. When everybody comes from different backgrounds, different experiences, and, you know, if you think about it this way, maybe people, two people can read the same thing or, you know, and think about it differently just because your background or it's like, wow, that's really great. I never even considered it from that point of view because everybody has a different experience and, you know, different things hit you differently. And that's what I like about doing something like this and that, well, we can all learn from each other. So, Right. So, yeah. I agree. Yep, absolutely. So, um Feel free to invite you know other people onto this, okay. if you want to. And okay. um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I know y'all have people that you know would benefit from this, and uh, mm-hmm. whether they've been at it for a while and need a jump start, or just getting going and and um, you know want to be a part of the team. You know, I look at this as uh, you know as a team. I always like the example of. Um, you know, when they talk about, like, one horse pulling a wagon can only pull so much, but two doesn't double the effort. It, it kind of quadruples the effort because now they're working in tandem. Well, if we have a bunch of us all working in tandem, I think you're going to see some, some explosions in your business and, and a lot of good things going on because it, it creates momentum and keeps it at the top of your mind, whereas, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and you don't always think about what you're supposed to do every day and what you want to do every day. Um, but doing things like this, I think keeps it, keeps it fresh for everybody, keeps it at the top of our consciousness. And, uh, you know, so that when there are opportunities that present themselves, you're more aware of them when you're out there. Like, um, you know, people I might run into at the ball game or people I might run into at the mall or whatever it happens to be, Instead of just seeing them as a stranger, just see them as a friend that, who knows, you might be able to influence their life and, uh, you know, change their life in a positive direction that, you know, there's a lot of people out there, seriously, that are literally praying for a miracle in their life because it's not going the way they want it to go. And you'll be the answer to their prayer sometime. It's just a matter of hitting the right ones. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's cool. When I, you know, when I have people, I was driving home, when I was working in Nashville, I was driving home one night and the phone rang and it was a customer of mine that lives out in California. And she says, I just had to call and thank you. I'm like, oh yeah, what's going on? And she's like, you know, you keep encouraging me. You know, I signed up and started working out a year or so ago, and she had a lot of drama going on in her life and stuff, but she always kept working out, 
is staying positive, and I gave her a lot of encouragement, and she's like, you changed my life for the better. And I'm like, all the money in the world can't pay for something like that, just to know that you had, you know, such a good influence on somebody. You know, that's that's what this is all about, really. At the, at the end of the day, we're helping people. And yeah. if you approach people from that mindset, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt about that, you know. Don't think about, oh, I'm sponsoring this person so I can be a diamond, or I'm sponsoring this person to get the next level. Just go, hey, I'm helping this person. And the, the, all that other stuff will fall into place. Good point. Yep. So anything else before we wrap this up? I want to keep are going. Are we going to do two chapters next week, too? Or when's yeah. the next, um, is it next week? Yep. Yep, every Wednesday, same time, same station. Um, the only week that we're not going to do this is the week of July 15th because I will be in Nashville. Okay. Yay. And I probably won't have a computer with me because I, I decided that I'm going to be computer-free and just really soak in the weekend and, and enjoy everything about the weekend and, you know, grab as much as I can. And I've always wanted to go to Nashville. Someday I want to go there just to, like, vacation and see all the sights. And we both like country music a lot, so. Oh, Oh, cool. I love it. Yep. I wasn't always a big country music fan, but over the last probably six or seven years, I I have become one. Because music's a little bit different than what it used to be. You Mm -hmm. know, I wasn't into all that boxcar Willie stuff, but, um, (laughs) you know, Blake Shelton's okay. You know, or Miranda, or whoever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the music because it tells a story. It's patriotic. It's got you know all those elements going for it. You know, it's all good. As opposed to rap music that I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so, oh, all right. I'm going to end the recording here because.